This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the number one daily fantasy sports app. Oh my goodness. Good morning, good afternoon. Whatever it is for you, I hope you're having a fantastic day. Welcome in. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports, episode 603. Um, little known fact about me, rhymes with three. Uh, I hate the number six. I hate saying it out loud. I am not exactly excited for the next 97 episodes. I have to say the number six before them. I'm a bit like, dang it, man. My least favorite number. If you can hear me talk, I don't, you know... I, uh, how do I even say this about myself? Your boy had to overcome a bit of a lisp growing up, right? I had to like learn how to say different words and how to enunciate certain things. And not going to lie to you, that S sound is still not very friendly to me. That six, six, I can't, I can't, I'm making fun of myself. I can't do it. And I'm like, dude, for a 97 more episodes, I got to say 603, 604, 605. I gotta, maybe this will be good for me. It'll force me to grow even better and sound even better talking out loud. I'm like, dang it, man. I guess life always gives you an opportunity to get better, doesn't it? Um, I've got something I want to say about Taylor Swift. I'm not going to open the show with that because I think I would get stoned to death if I'm totally honest. People would go crazy. Uh, so we'll save it for later in the show. But hey, I, I want to say I have been learning about Taylor Swift and uh, it's been eye-opening and amazing and fun and uh we'll talk about that in a moment now first of all though first of all i gotta talk first of all we gotta start by talking about monday night football all right i recorded and i forgot to leave a spot for an ad break so i gotta take a short break um i gotta pay my rent gotta buy food gotta do what i gotta do to survive so my name is Zach shomler i'm gonna take a short break i will be right back Prize Picks is the number one daily fantasy sports app. Prize Picks allows you to make an entry based on player projections and in 60 seconds. You could enter something like George Kittle less than five catches, AJ Brown more than 100 yards receiving, and Jordan Love more than two interceptions. And if your picks are right, you can win money. Making picks makes watching games more engaging, and you could turn something like $5 into $50. Prize Picks offers quick and easy deposits. You can even use Apple Pay and. They have weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts. For example, there's a weekly event called Taco Tuesday, where each Tuesday, prize picks, discounts, select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. So put your skills to the test in daily fantasy. Go to prizepicks.com slash CLNS and use code CLNS for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com. Slash CLNS, code CLNS for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy made easy. All right, um, let's start today's show by talking about Monday Night Football. On Monday Night Football, the Dallas Cowboys beat the LA Chargers 20-17. to 17. And I want to briefly say I'm really, really happy for Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy. Remember, remember during week five, Sunday night football, big game of the week. Dallas Cowboys on the road at the 49ers. And uh, how do I put this kindly? The Cowboys got destroyed. 42 to 10. It was embarrassing. And, you know, for a minute, put yourself in the shoes of Mike McCarthy. You're the Cowboys head coach. I don't think we humanize him very often, but it's worth doing. He's still a person. Uh, I would think going into that game against the 49ers, Mike McCarthy believed, hey, we got two potential Super Bowl teams here. The Cowboys, my team, the 49ers, their team. We think we're the two best teams in the NFC. We're going to rematch probably in the NFC title game. And he goes out and gets embarrassed 42 to 10. Your Cowboy, your, your quarterback for the Cowboys throws three interceptions. As a coach, that's got to be a really tough loss to swallow. You're like, man, you know, I had all this confidence. I believed in my team. And that loss is on me. And I would think if you're the coach, you're like, how do, what do we have to change? What do we have to do better? How can we bounce back from a loss like this 42 to 10? That's how you do it. You win 2017, tough game, Monday Night Football on primetime the next week. I just really, you know, like I said, I don't know how great of a coach Mike McCarthy is. I don't know if he's ever going to win another Super Bowl. I don't really have confidence he's the right coach to win Dallas another Super Bowl. But can we celebrate the guy when we can? He's got the Cowboys at 4-2. and two. I worry about their season long term. Like that 49ers team, that game against the 49ers, 42 to 10, is going to be a loss that is really hard to forget. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, 
all you can do is move forward after that moment. You get your butts kicked. You got to move forward. You got to make adjustments, do better. I thought, hey, great win in a tough spot. Monday Night Football against a good football team in the Chargers. Really, really good win for Mike McCarthy. And I'm happy for him, man. I really am. I also want to say the Cowboys defense is, boy, they're fun to watch, right? I, I go back to that 49ers game. I know we're talking a lot about this 49ers game, but two weeks ago, for like the first quarter of that game, it was close. It was fun. And the highlight to me was watching the Cowboys defense. Same thing again on Monday night here against the Chargers, man. Great tackling, hard hits, one-on-one coverage. Like the Cowboys defense, I've never been, I'm a former quarterback. I like watching high-level offense. I like watching games that are 42 to 45, but I still can appreciate a good defense. And this Cowboys defense is really good. They do the little things well. Again, they hit really hard. I wouldn't want to play against them. They're awesome. And in this game on Monday night, Dak Prescott, the Cowboys quarterback, was 21 for 30 passing. He had 272 yards, a touchdown. The key here is that the Cowboys offense had zero turnovers. They had a punt they muffed. That's technically a fumble, but that's not on the Cowboys offense. I thought the Cowboys looked really good here. Monday night against the Chargers. There's a lot of potential on this team, man. Like, I really, really believe going into the year, I was like, hey, this Cowboys team is really good. Can they reach their potential is the question. They've got Dak at quarterback. They've got a head coach, Mike McCarthy. I'm skeptical of both of them. And I thought both of them, uh, that 49ers game, it's going to be hard to forget. It's still in the rearview mirror. It's going to be hanging around for quite a while. It's probably going to follow them all year long. That, hey, in the biggest game of the year for them, their quarterback at three interceptions, their coach looked lost. That's going to be hard for me to forget, but I have an open mind. I want to see Mike McCarthy do well and, uh, I'm happy for him. Again, big win here on Monday night against the Chargers. One guy worth noting that um, I don't want to hate on him, but I want to acknowledge the situation around him. Michael Gallup, the Cowboys receiver, is having a really disappointing year. Uh, Going into the year, I thought, hey, they got Brandon Cooks, they've got CeeDee Lamb, and Michael Gallup, three really good receivers, a la Cincinnati, with three really good receivers with Jamar Chase Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. We looked at Seattle, Jackson Smith and Jigba, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. You know, we we know they've been struggling with protection in Seattle. They've often had only two receivers on the field. JSN, the rookie's not getting on the field at all much because they're using a tight end to help block. My point remains the same. I thought there were a couple teams in the NFL that had three really good receivers, and I thought Dallas was one of them. I don't know if it's you know, Michael Gallup's getting older. I don't know if he's just not playing as well. He had a moment. Dak threw him a really good ball down the seam. Ball was in his hands. T- kind of a tougher catch, but a catchable ball nonetheless. And there was a point. We had Brian Simpson on the show at one point. Brian Simpson DM'd me like, I don't know, a year ago maybe? We were talking about the Cowboys. And he's like, tell me Michael Gallup isn't one of the best players at going and getting a jump ball. And it's like, yeah, absolutely. I don't know where that guy went. Because he used to be amazing at going, getting contested passes and really physical with his body. Michael Gallup, six games into the year, has 18 catches for 204 yards and not a touchdown to speak his name of. Like, no touchdowns at all. And you're like, I I had higher expectations for Michael Gallup going into the year. I realize they've got other receivers there, but I will say, whoever's to blame, I, I don't really feel like I need to blame anybody. But I imagine if you're a Cowboys fan, you're looking at Michael Gallup going, the output's disappointing. We had higher hopes for you. And he had a shot at a really good catch, maybe even a touchdown on Monday night, couldn't haul it in. It's like, man, like that. I'm waiting and waiting for him to deliver and make a big play, and it's just not happening. Now, my notes here say, say something nice about Brandon Staley. <laughs> I always make fun of the Chargers head coach, Brandon Staley. I've been feeling real negative as I reflect on this show. Like, I'm always hating on people and criticizing people, and I want to say something positive. So here it is. I haven't commented on it yet. Brandon Staley, I like the beard. I think Brandon Staley, with a beard this year, you know, he came out of the offseason, had time to grow it out, get past the ugly peach fuzz phase. Brandon Staley, with the beard, you're looking good. I like that. Uh, that's about all I have, though. So, I know. Eh, all right. I, I said something nice. Um, kind of frustrating. You know, the Chargers had the ball inside the 10-yard line two times in the second half. One time they went for it on fourth down. They didn't get it. Another time they settled for a field goal. It's pretty frustrating to lose a game, um, you know, by three points where you had the ball inside the 10-yard line twice in the second half. Only only got three points out of those two trips to the red zone. That's a problem. Um, You know, the Chargers got the ball down 
three points with two minutes and 19 seconds left, and Justin Herbert didn't put together a drive. He threw an interception. I want to ask a question, and I, I think it's fair to ask. What's the deal with Justin Herbert? Like, I, I'm not hating on anyone. I, I know that my reputation of my pre-draft analysis of Justin Herbert coming out of college was negative, and so that will follow me for the rest of my career. Anytime I talk about Justin Herbert, people are going to remind me, remember that time you thought he wasn't right for the NFL? I don't even remember. I don't know what people would say about me, but I know that I'm going to get criticism and pushback about that. But I want to ask a legitimate question. I'm not hating on the guy. When's he going to win? Like, when is Justin Herbert going to become a winning quarterback that wins playoff games and big games and does well in big moments? I'm, I'm not mad or frustrated. I'm actually going to kind of lay it out and ask the question, like, I'm not sure what the problem is, but Justin Herbert is 27 and 27 as a starter in the NFL. That's not good enough, man. Like, and I, this is why I hesitate to blame him, but we'll talk about the circumstance around him. What I do know for sure is Justin Herbert is too good to have no playoff wins, you know, in year four of his career. He is 27 and 27 as a starter. Like, how is it possible that Daniel Jones has won more playoff games than Justin Herbert? What? You ever thought about that? Like, hey, the, the quarterback, everyone says the top five amazing quarterback, Justin Herbert, doesn't have a playoff win. In fact, all he has is a game where they had a big lead over the Jaguars and gave up the lead and lost. In fact, if anything, the only time Justin Herbert's been in a playoff game, he had an embarrassing, horrible loss. Ugh. Not great. And I, I don't know that Justin Herbert's fully to blame. I don't know how you can look at Justin Herbert's career so far and what I would call the underachievement of it. Given how talented he is, some of the blame has to go on Herbert. There's definitely been moments he could have been better. But then you look at the circumstance around him. He's got a lot of star players, a good offensive line. I know Mike Williams, their receivers out for the year with a torn ACL, but Mike Williams, you know, has been a player there for his entire career. Keenan Allen. They've got uh, Joshua Palmer receiver. They've got uh, a first-round receiver, Quinton Johnson out of TCU. Joshua Kelly, Austin Eckler, so two good running backs, star players on defense. Like, I, I don't know. When you look at Daniel Jones and the support he's gotten compared to the support of Justin Herbert, you're like, wait, wait, wait which one of the two has a playoff win? Not the quarterback with the star players and the good receiving core and the good offensive line. Oh, it's the guy that Daniel Jones has a playoff win? What kind of backwards world are we living in? And I also acknowledge Justin Herbert's in the AFC against better quarterbacks like Josh Allen, you know, Joe Burrows in, in the AFC, Patrick Mahomes. But how long until Justin Herbert starts winning a lot of games? Like, I, I, is it going to happen? And if it's not going to happen, then what? Because, again, he's too talented. He's really, I mean, he had a play where third and five, he throws the ball, he gets tipped back to him, he catches it and runs for a first down. Like, Justin Herbert threw a pass to himself on third down for a first down. They had a throw. He was backed up way in his own territory, made a beautiful big throw to get them kind of out of their own, own end zone area. But also, along with the good stuff Justin Herbert can do, you have to also acknowledge there were multiple throws that he missed on. They had a double move to Keenan Allen, not once, but twice. It was open for a touchdown or a big gain, and Herbert missed the throw. That, that can't happen. I'm sorry, the guy making that much money who's this hyped up can't miss that throw. Or there was an out route to Keenan Allen. Third down, should have been a completion. He throws it in the dirt. He misses the throw. I, how do I... Going back to Justin Herbert in college, the regular criticism I had was he misses easy throws that you can't miss. He's still doing that in year four in the NFL. He's also 27 and 27 as a starter, doesn't have a playoff win, has great players around him everywhere. Great pass rusher, good offensive line, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams when he's healthy, another first round receiver, Quinton Johnson, good running backs, a new offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore. Like at what point? I'm not saying we're there yet. I also want to be clear. I don't hate Justin Herbert. I actually really like him. Like his personality's fun. He's cool. I'm happy that he's rich as all get out and he's set for life. That makes me happy. I like seeing people get paid. But is there going to be a moment where people look at Justin Herbert and go, that's a talented quarterback that's underachieving? I don't think we're there yet. It's still too early. And he he's only had one coach his entire – no, I guess he's had two, hasn't he? 
Oh, oh boy. Oh man. So I don't know. What I, 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 what I'm asking here. When do we look at Justin Herbert as a really talented quarterback, but one who isn't winning and isn't getting it done? I don't think we're there yet, but we are approaching that territory. And, you know, Matthew Stafford was a quarterback for years who was viewed as a really talented quarterback who played on a bad team and and never won. And then eventually the narrative shifted from it's not Detroit, maybe it's Matthew Stafford. And he had to leave Detroit to change the narrative about him. We're not there yet, but I, I, I do sense rumblings. Like we're getting towards a point where people are starting to dare ask the question, hey, Justin, you know, fourth quarter, down three, you got to make a play. Like, are you, are you going to show that you're an elite quarterback? Because we, we've been waiting and you make, you make highlight level plays regularly, Justin Herbert does. But how about, how about the consistent delivery of victories? We're not getting that from Justin Herbert. He's 27 and 27 as a starter. You know, one, one playoff game, never won a playoff game at all. He's been to one, had a horrific loss. You know, I, I, I just, is it Herbert? Is it the team around him? Is it the coaching staff? Because the players around him are talented. I mean, again, Daniel Jones would literally to go get, I can't say that. Um, <laughs> Daniel Jones would literally give anything to play on a roster like Justin Herbert's on right now with good receivers, a good offensive line, a good running game. Star players on defense. I mean, man, a lot of quarterbacks would love to have what Justin Herbert has around him. So just asking questions out here, not trying to hate on the guy, like him, glad he's paid well, and he makes amazing plays. I mean, Justin Herbert is fun to watch on TV, but, 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 but he doesn't win. He, you know, I, I, sorry, 27 and 27, you know, Year one went seven and nine. Year two, nine and eight. Year three, they went 10 and seven. Now they're two and three this year. Justin Herbert, given how good he is at football, given the talent he has, given the physical ability, he's underachieving. He's not winning enough. I don't care what needs to be done yet, whether that's fire the coach, whether that's uh, criticize Justin Herbert. I don't care. I just know that he needs to win more. He's, he's capable of more than what's happening on the field and the wins and losses we're seeing in LA. And it's becoming very slowly a problem for the LA Chargers to me. I, I look at the, I look at what's happening. I'm like, they're not winning enough. The quarterback's missing throws, has receivers open, not hitting them. There was a couple times where I'm here to throw, they, they, man, what did he do? He was, he was throwing as he was getting sacked. But on the snap, they had a motion man come across their rookie, run into the flat. He's wide open in the flat. Herbert catches the snap, looks at it, doesn't throw the flat route wide open for some reason, then tries to come back across the field. By that time, he's getting pulled to the ground. He tries to throw the ball as he's getting pulled to the ground. Throw goes low, ball incomplete. It's like, dude, take the easy completion in the flat. What are you doing? Like, Herbert definitely has things worthy of criticism. And I, I, I'm not really sure where the criticism is. But I, I'll be the first one to say, like, hey, there are times where Herbert's got to be better, and he's not delivering, and that's a problem. Uh, so I didn't mean to, like, hate on Justin Herbert for, like, you know, 15 minutes. That's not my goal. I, I, I really like him as a person. I'm rooting for him. But it's, it is weird. Like, when's he going to win? You know? When's it going to start happening for him? I, I'm waiting. Uh, I want to talk about that Chargers fan. I forget her name. I saw her on Pat McAfee's show. They said her name. I don't remember what it was. Marianne? Probably. That sounds right. There was a Chargers fan uh, on ESPN constantly showing her like, yeah, freaking out. And as an introvert, that makes me deeply uncomfortable. Like, if you ever go to a, a game with me, um, I, I, I'm I like stoic when I watch football, right? I have like my, my little, actually not true. So I don't, I don't if I go to like a, a high school football game or a, an NFL game and I'm in the crowd, I don't bring a notebook. But when I'm in the press box, like for, for media, I've got my dumb little notebook, you know, and I'm like, Ooh, taking notes. Ooh. And like when I watch football at my house, when I watch the Super Bowl at a Super Bowl party, you know I've got notes in front of me writing down like, you know, great throw by Jalen Hurts. And oh, that commercial was great. And oh, you know, I can't believe on fourth and seven, the team couldn't do this. Like I'm always taking notes. I'm a nerd. I don't, I don't emote very much when I watch football. So when I watch that Chargers fan freaking out, I think her name is Marianne. I go, you know, I would never do that. That makes me wildly uncomfortable. But, hey, good for her, right? However, there's a conspiracy theory going around 
that she is an industry industry plant, meaning like, you know, they needed a Chargers fan to put on TV going crazy. They put her in a press box. They, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I don't know. First of all, she's got four kids. She says they must be very well off. You're in a press box. You can afford four kids. <laughs> the math in my head goes, what does her, how do they make money in that family? Because woo, press box, four kids, that's all expensive to me. Um, but there's a picture. I don't know if it's real or not. It might be fake. Photoshop's out there. I've, I've been tricked before, so I want to acknowledge it might be fake. But there is a picture of what looks like the exact same woman freaking out wearing a Minnesota Vikings jersey. And I'm like, what? I thought you were a massive Chargers fan. Huh. It's weird to me. Then, merely hours later after the game, she's on Pat McAfee's show talking, doing interviews. I, I don't know, man. I, I always wonder the ways I'm being manipulated. I feel like there's endless ways that so many people are manipulating the, their image of themselves, right? And I, I, is it really a beyond reproach? Is it really beyond the idea that maybe the Chargers ownership group said, we're going to get someone to be in our, our stands and be really passionate? Like, sign an NDA. You can't talk about it. You're a paid actor. Like, I don't think it's true, and I hope it's not because – the woman seemed really passionate into football. We need more of that. We need more women that love sports and love football. Can't hurt to have more women that passionately want to watch football. It's sad that it's come to a conspiracy theory, but given the picture I saw in the Vikings jersey, given the media appearances she's making, given the amount of focus they showed on her, I'm like, you know, is it really? The Chargers fan base is legendary for being like really quiet, not being very big, not having much passion. Uh, and... Is it out of the realm of possibility they paid someone to look excited about their team? Not really to me, but we'll see. I I just, I hope it's real. I hope she really does care about the team. I hope she's really a fan. Um, But I I find that thing worth mentioning. It's funny and interesting. Like, huh. And I always encourage people, ask a lot of questions. Ask always. Like, how, how am I getting screwed here? Is it possible there's a way I'm getting screwed? Or I'm getting manipulated in some way. I don't know. I don't I don't like being a conspiracy theorist. I hate that part of the internet. But, you know, eh, I look at that and go, hmm, interesting. I'm not sure how much is real and how much is fake. I don't know. Um, <laughs> how about uh, manipulation? Um, I want to talk about Taylor Swift. <laughs> um, the best thing about this entire... So Travis Kelsey, the Chiefs tight end, is dating Taylor Swift. Is it fake? Maybe. If it's fake, it's working on me, right? I will say this. I'm a football guy. I've always been a football guy. I've never been like a Swifty. Like I don't, I'm not a, I don't go to, I've never been to a Taylor Swift concert. I couldn't name you very many of her songs, but I like what I've heard. Like I know, I think of Love Story from back in the day. It's a love story, baby. I, okay, I'm not going to sing it, but baby, you take me. It's a, I'm trying to think of music videos where she's like in her house with like the boy next door and they're like looking in the window and he's. You know, uh, he's dating the cheerleader and she's always underappreciated. Like, great music video. Love the song. I'll be waiting. You know the song if you know what I'm talking about. So I know, like, some of her music, but I'm not, like, a deep Taylor Swift fan. Um, If this is all fake, I feel like I'm the target audience for this. If, If Taylor Swift is literally only dating Travis Kelsey to build her audience even bigger, it's working on me. Because the best thing about this Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey dating thing is it's really introduced me to Taylor Swift. I feel like I'm the rare person who's a football guy who knows more about football than Taylor Swift. I think most people were Taylor Swift fans who have become football fans because they follow Taylor Swift. She's a bigger thing literally than the entire, than the entire NFL. But I want to say um, I've been enjoying like learning about Taylor Swift and like learning about her music and learning about what she's doing. I was at the beach yesterday with my friend and... Uh, she was talking about how the Taylor Swift concerts are in theaters. And I was like, oh, what, what do you mean? I, I, for some reason, I know Taylor Swift bought out, you know, she had a deal with concert with, with uh, what's the word here? Theater companies and has her own thing going live. You can go watch in movie theaters right now. I thought for some reason it was like a documentary about her era's tour. I didn't realize that if you go to theaters right now, you can literally watch the three hour Taylor Swift era's tour concert. I was like, oh, oh, it's a concert. It's never been done before. It's it's you can go to a movie theater with all your friends, get fucking shwasted, honestly, have fun, sing Taylor Swift songs really loudly, 
and enjoy a concert on the, the screen. I think that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. I didn't, I didn't know about that. I thought it was a documentary. I thought I was too poor to ever go to a Taylor Swift concert. But I'm like, no, for like the price of a movie theater ticket, I can go and I probably will go next week now to a Taylor Swift, whatever you call that. Is it a concert? It's a, it's a live taping of the concert that they play on a projector. I don't know, but it sounds fun. And I'm watching videos of people. I mean, God, I feel bad for the guy who's like earnestly trying to watch a movie like in the next theater over. And you hear in the background screaming and singing from Taylor Swift fans. But I, I kind of want to do it. It feels like a, it feels like a, a cultural experience to go watch the Taylor Swift concert in theaters. I want to do that, man. It really looks fun. It's interesting. I know very little, but as I looked at the set list, I'm like, I know more Taylor Swift songs than I realized. Like I, I'm kind of playing like snippets of every song she's been playing in that concert performance, and I'm like, oh, I know like all this music, and I really didn't realize that. I, I, like it's just songs you hear on the radio and in the background of your life, and. Uh, I don't know. I think I'm going to go to a Taylor Swift concert. So the I guess this whole Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey thing, are they going to get married? I have no idea. Who like who who knows? Um I will say in defense of Taylor Swift, people get mad at her for like dating lots of men. And like I, I think you look at Taylor Swift, she's dated a bunch of actors like back to back to back to back. Tom Hiddleston's the one that stands out to me. I really like him as an actor. Go watch The Night Manager. It's a great series on Amazon that nobody talks about and I hate it. The Night Manager is amazing. Got Tom Hiddleston, but she dated him. I know she dated Jake Gyllenhaal. Like Taylor Swift has dated a ton of like attractive, amazing men. And it's like, that's kind of awesome. I, I think like if I could date like back to back actresses for like 10 women in a row, I think that'd be cool. I think I'd be like, wow, Zach's living his best life. Taylor Swift is doing that. I, I really don't know. Under, I don't. The more I learn about Taylor Swift, the more I like her, the more I realize like, hey, she's making it possible for people that can't afford to go see her concert live to go see it in movie theaters with their friends and kind of get 80% of the experience anyway. I, I just really like Taylor Swift. And I never, I never would have gotten here. I never would have had her on my radar at all without her dating Travis Kelsey. So... I've shoehorned it into today's podcast, but man, am I becoming like a fan of her. I really, you know, I never thought, I, I kind of struggle with really rich people. It makes me angry and grumpy. Like, I hate how much money they have, but I, I can't find myself to hate on Taylor Swift. She's just awesome. And it makes me want to marry like a powerful, really cool woman. I'm like, man, okay. Taylor Swift is, she's, she's her. She's awesome. And uh, I don't know. I guess people listen to this show. It's mostly men. Do you want to go have a good time? I want to have a good time in my life. I think I'm going to go watch that Taylor Swift concert in theaters, and I actually would encourage you to do it. Not sponsored, nothing like that, but it looks fun, and I'm going to go do it and report back to you whether it's fun or not. It just sounds awesome to me, and uh, I don't know. It's a Tuesday, and that's what's on my mind today. <laughs> um, I saw a really cool picture yesterday of Travis Kelsey, see, see what I did there? We're transitioning now. Travis Kelsey and his brother, Jason Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, the tight end for Kansas City. Jason Kelsey, the center for Philly. They were at the Phillies NLCS game on Monday night against Arizona. And I just want to comment, like, that's so cool. To be two brothers, they're both pro football players. You do a podcast together. You can go to baseball games together. They seem like awesome guys. I, I really look at the relationship between Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey, and, and just that's the goal. If you're a dude who has brothers, like that's what you want to do with your brother. You want to have that life and that kind of relationship. And uh, it makes me miss, you know, my brother died, uh, took his own life in 2016. It's awful. And anytime I say that, I feel like I need to tell you, if you're struggling, go get help. Um, it's, it's painful and brutal. I, it's been years now. It's been seven seven years now that uh he's been gone so I'm, I'm a little more okay talking about it now but it's still like i look at travis kelsey and jason kelsey watching a baseball game together together and i go oh that's so cool i really wish i could do that with with my brother and uh you know i i really encourage you if you're out there appreciate the people you have in your life appreciate your family members there's little moments you get my other brother lives in alaska in fairbanks it's funny both of us left the lower 48 he went to alaska i went to hawaii I don't see him very often. It's moments like that where I go, next time I see my little brother, Zeke, I got to give the dude a hug. I got to make sure he knows how much I love him and send him a text here and there. Like there are little things you can do to care for the people in your life. And um, I just had a, watching Jason and Travis Kelsey watch a baseball game together yesterday made me go like, oh man, that's awesome. And I wish I could do that. So I don't know. Tell the people in your life you love them.
I will say the MLB playoffs have finally, um, like it's the time of year where baseball, every year right around this time, in October, the NLCS, the ALCS, the games to get into the World Series, they start to suck me in. And this year we've got really compelling people. We've got Bryce Harper is, I, I love, I, Bryce Harper is my favorite baseball player, has been for a long time. I Go back. If you really want to do the hard work and the heavy lifting, go listen to like the first 600 episodes of this show. I talked about Bryce Harper a lot, especially early on, because remember Bryce Harper was getting hated on and people didn't like him and he left Washington. And I've always been a fan of Bryce Harper. He's awesome. I think his personality is good for baseball. Right now, Philly's leading the NLCS one to nothing. Uh, I believe they're playing a baseball game literally right now in game two tonight, which is Tuesday night. Let me check that. Um... Right now, is there a game happening? There is. The Phillies lead the Diamondbacks 2 to nothing. bottom of the third inning, end of the third inning. Awesome. Go, Phillies. I want to see Philadelphia go to the World Series. That would be awesome. Uh, on Monday night, ALCS game two, the Rangers beat Houston 5-4. to four. It's cool. The Texas Rangers, which are basically the Dallas-Fort Worth team, is playing Houston. You're like, man, that's really special and really cool to have the two Texas teams playing against each other in the game to get into the World Series. It's regional, but it's fun. And I love Dallas. I also hate Houston for cheating, so I'm always going to root for the Texas Rangers there. I guess the World Series I want is the the Rangers against the Phillies, and I'm rooting for, ultimately, Bryce Harper to finally get a World Series ring. He lost the World Series last year. It was painful. I was sad watching that. This year, we get to watch Bryce Harper, hopefully— Win a World Series this year, and I'd like to see him do it against the Texas Rangers. Um, Doing a show daily, like five days a week, makes it way more easy to cover baseball. And I think from this point on, you're going to see Zach about once an episode slip in a little baseball. Did you see that game last night? Because I'm watching all these games now. I'm really, really into the MLB playoffs. It's been fun. It's been interesting. And uh, I'll tell you what, the same way I love a really competitive, really close football game where it's You know, fourth quarter. Honestly, like we got on Monday Night Football, we had the Chargers had the ball with two minutes and 19 seconds left, down three points, needing to score. Now, the moment was short-lived. They they didn't get a first down. Justin throws an interception. It was kind of underwhelming. But that moment, that tense moment where you're like, oh, either team could win here. I get that same feeling when I watch playoff baseball and there's a runner on second base. Like, every pitch feels like, hey, a base hit scores that runner— and then it's a one to nothing lead. Like it's really, really tense for me. And I just, I love that moment of tension that baseball can provide. And uh, I don't know. I, I get into baseball once every year around the end of October. I'm doing it again this year. And I am fine with that. I love, I love, love, love playoff baseball. It's fantastic. All right. Remember, I forgot to record little ad breaks. So I messed up. So here's an awkward cut. But I love you. And uh, I got to pay my bills. So. Take a listen to me talking about our incredible sponsor, who I love you. Thank you for paying my bills. The show is brought to you also by Factor Meals. Go to factormeals.com slash SOS50 and use code SOS50 to get 50% off. That's code SOS50 at factormeals.com slash SOS50 to get 50% off. Dude, it's such a good deal. I think food is, uh, I I would, you know, very carefully say it's a necessity and food at a low cost. 50% off. It's a big deal. On top of that, what factor meals allow you to have is food that's really good, high quality, and quick. You know what I do in the morning? I wake up at five in the morning. I shower. I try to get my bathroom routine all done before my roommate gets up to go to her job. So I get up at five, I shower, and then I make breakfast. And breakfast takes like 45 minutes. It takes a long time for your boy sack. I make eggs, some kind of meat, spam, I'll admit hot dogs sometimes, rice, a lot of hot sauce. I love it. I I love it. Spam, rice, hot dogs, whatever you want to, whatever the meat is, and then eggs, that's that's your boy Zach's meal every morning. And uh, it takes a long time. You know what I would love? Really affordable food that's easy to heat up and doesn't take me 45 minutes to prepare. And it's good. Natural ingredients good stuff for you. They can match whatever you're looking for to get out of it, whether you want just good food, maybe you want some kind of diet. They can match whatever you're looking for and give you food that meets your needs. But if you want to find cheap food that is affordable and 
can be prepared quickly, which I know a lot of, look, we're running around. It's fall. It's busy. You're doing whatever you got to do. You're trying to make your family happy, going to Thanksgiving and stuff. You're trying to get ready for Christmas. Uh, Factormeals.com slash SOS50. Factormeals.com slash SOS50 and use code SOS50 to get 50% off. That's code SOS50 at Factormeals.com slash SOS50 to get 50% off, which to me, look, I know some of y'all out there, you use DoorDash. You're ordering food from delivery services. This is so much cheaper. It's faster. It's right there ready for you. And it's high quality food. All you got to do is heat it up. And some of the stuff they got, what do they have? They have bacon and egg breakfast skillet, bacon and cheddar egg bites, potato bacon and egg breakfast skillet. I got that wrong. Apple cinnamon pancakes, great breakfast stuff. They're really pushing breakfast this year. Uh broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, asparagus, high-quality ingredients at factormeals.com slash SOS50 for 50% off a Factor meal kit. Highly recommended. Their food is great and easy to prepare and quick. All right, uh, we got news today. Colts quarterback Anthony Richardson is likely out for the year. I think we got the news technically yesterday on Monday. Uh, he got a, He had a shoulder injury. He's getting shoulder surgery. On the year, Anthony Richardson played in, well, he played in less than four games, but he played a total of uh, of snaps. He was played, he appeared in four games, but never, multiple games he got hurt. Um, but he had 577 yards passing, three touchdowns passing, one interception. He ran the ball 25 times for 136 yards and four more touchdowns. So the dude was balling, man. I, I really thought that the very little football we saw Anthony Richardson play, he looked Really awesome. And uh, it kind of reminds me, it's not a great parallel, but I remember when Deshaun Watson was a rookie out of Clemson playing for Houston. He got hurt his rookie year. He tore his ACL. Uh, He played in like, I think he got hurt after week eight. He got hurt in practice, if I remember. It was, they played, who did they play? I I think, I'm weird. I really remember this crazy stuff of football. I think they played Seattle. I think it was week eight, but then in practice the next week he tore his ACL, and like he was playing outstanding. He had a game, Kansas City, I think, five touchdown passes. Like he was, I remember Deshaun Watson having like the best year rookie quarterbacks ever had, just going like this dude's incredible. And I'm not saying Anthony Richardson was quite that good, but man, he was really balling out, playing outstanding football. I'm sad to see him hurt. I hope that in the future, Anthony Richardson can slide. Get down, take care of your body, do the little things required to stay healthy and stay on the field. But I wanted to acknowledge that. I find that really sad. Like Anthony Richardson's season is cut short, and uh, I, you know, we'll see him next year. I'm sad about that though. I, re- I really thought he was playing good football, and it was fun to watch. Um, and you know what we can do though, if Anthony Richardson's season is over, he only played in four games. I can break down those four games and talk about the rookie season that was. Anthony Richardson. So that's definitely going to be a film analysis video. Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't like doing it mid-season. I hate it because it's just things are always evolving and changing. And I like doing when the season is over, going through the way a player played and breaking it all down. But we can already do that about one quarterback, rookie quarterback, Anthony Richardson. That'll be fun. And uh, I guess I'll say it. We'll do it next week. Bam. I'm, I'm just, I know now what to work on. I never thought about that. I'm so dumb. Like it hits me like, oh, great idea, Zach. You should have done that weeks ago. But yeah, um, that's, that's a video we'll put out next week then. A film analysis of Anthony Richardson. And it'll be awesome. I can't wait to do that. Can't wait to watch all of his games again. I really thought that the, the, what I saw was awesome and a lot of talent there. And that'll be fun to break down on film. Uh, in college football this weekend, we have a, Really, really incredible game. A game that, um, look, it starts at 6 a.m. on Saturday morning for me. I got to go to bed early Friday night. Like, I got to watch this game live. I do not want spoilers. I don't want to see what happens on Instagram. Randomly, I'm scrolling. I'm like, ah, crap, someone put the score there. And I, no, no, I can't watch this game recorded on DVR. I got to watch this game live. Number seven, Penn State plays at number three, Ohio State. I'm not missing that game for anything. Both teams are 6-0. and We saw Ohio State play Notre Dame earlier this year. That's a great opportunity where I saw Kyle McCord, the Ohio State new quarterback. He was fine. Um, The quarterback I'm really interested in, though, frankly, is Drew Aller, the Penn State quarterback. Both quarterbacks at Ohio State and Penn State are new as of this year, like new starters. And uh, Drew Aller is a sophomore. He's massive. He's 
physically really imposing. Like, this is a big kid. He can run, can throw. Man, uh, game at the Horseshoe in Columbus. And uh, that's what they call it, right? They, do call, they call it the Horseshoe, I'm pretty sure. I, th- I think, man, if I'm, if I'm wrong about that, it's crazy. Like, I can remember when Deshaun Watson got hurt as a rookie, but I can't remember the name, like the nickname of the stadium in Columbus. I'm like, what's wrong with my brain? Um, but I, I really can't wait to watch Penn State play at Ohio State. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be really interesting. I'm kind of sad Penn State isn't in the top five. I mean, they're 6-0. and I really would have thought maybe they'd be right there, but I thought it'd be number five against number three, quite frankly, but um, I can't wait to watch that. I'm really curious. Who, who are the top 25 teams in college football? Let's find out. So you got, um, really, Georgia's number one, Michigan's number two, Ohio State three, Florida State five, uh, four, Washington five at six and oh, Oklahoma six at six and oh, and Penn State, of all the teams that are undefeated, they are the last team ranked the number seven team in the country. If Penn State beats Ohio State, they better not be uh, the worst, the lowest ranked undefeated team next week. Uh, that would be shameful to me. Although, like, you know, Oklahoma, they had a, a great win. Oklahoma, okay, so Texas is 5-1. and one. They're the number eight team in the country. So that makes sense why Oklahoma's ahead of them. Man, it's interesting. Georgia, they're 7-0, and oh, but it's it does feel to me like Georgia is a sketchy 7-0, and oh, right? They've had a lot of really close kind of— uh, Like, South Carolina, in the first half, I thought had Georgia. And you're like, Georgia, the best team in the country? Like, really? Like uh, they're, They kind of faltered a little bit a couple times this year. And then Florida State, there's another great game. Uh, number 16, Duke, who's, you know, got one loss. Their only loss at Duke, they're 5-1. and one. The only loss was to Notre Dame on, like, a last-second play. So Duke plays at number four, Florida State. The player to watch at Florida State is Keon Coleman, their receiver, transferred in. The dude looks like a first-round receiver. Keon Coleman is making play after play. He had a catch last weekend, like, one-handed, like, jumping. And you're like, man, that's just an unbelievable play. The receiver, Keon Coleman at Florida State, is crazy good. Florida State's 6-0 right now. Um, and then another good game, neither team is undefeated, but number 14, Utah, plays at number 18, USC. Utah's 5-1, USC is 6-1. USC can't play defense to save their lives, but they got embarrassed last weekend. I would imagine USC comes back uh, a little better next weekend than they did this past weekend. I don't know, man. I, I really think, though, that if you only watch one game in college football all weekend— you got to watch Penn State at Ohio State. That's the game that, like, hey, plan your Saturday, right? Go to the people. What do they do in October on the mainland? You guys go to pumpkin fields. You've got pumpkin patches is the word. <laughs> pumpkin patch. You go see your family for dinner, maybe. Go for, to walk the dogs. But make sure you're in front of your TV from Penn State at Ohio State because it really feels like that's going to be a special, fun, hyped up, really interesting and compelling college football game. And that's the one game this weekend. If you're going to watch... Only one game in college football. That is for sure the game you watch. All right. Um, I want to mention in, in a weird way. Um, oh, I, I realized I wrote I wrote the wrong name here. Stephen A. Smith. Um, I want to say in a weird way. Remember, so Colorado this past weekend lost. They had a lead 29 to nothing over Stanford at halftime. And then Colorado ended up allowing Stanford to come back. And Colorado lost in double overtime, 46 to 43. And I do say, I really feel like this loss is actually kind of a good thing for Colorado and Deion Sanders. Uh, you know, they when you lose to Oregon, you lose to USC, it's easy to go, oh, like, they're just better than us. We'll be there eventually. This is a loss that when you lose to Stanford, a lowly program, in the second half, after leading 29-0 at halftime, allowing them to come back and beat you in double overtime. That's a story Deion Sanders can pull from for years. He'll always say, I remember my first year at Colorado. We got all cocky. We thought we were really hot stuff. We were up 29-0 over Stanford. And guess what? We allowed them to come back and beat us. So never get complacent. And Deion Sanders said that regularly in his post-game press conference. He called his team complacent. And... uh he was even asked about illegal sub- substitution penalties on the defense and what's going on with the defense. And he said, if you're going to point fingers, point them at me. And I really like that. Dion taking accountability there, taking the blame. Uh, what happened for Colorado, losing to Stanford 46-43 to in double overtime after leading 29-0, not good at all. 
but there could be a good outcome here, which is it something that, you know, Nick Saban always talks about. You you see Nick Saban when he's got a really good football team. I think sometimes when they play a bad game and almost lose or even do lose, he's kind of happy because there's a new way to motivate his guys. Like when you're winning and dominating everybody, it's easy to get really uh, complacent is a great word, kind of cocky, feeling really good about yourself. This is a story Dion can use for the rest of his life coaching saying, never get complacent. This is what happens when you do that. When you're winning 29 nothing, you got to keep your foot on the gas, keep playing at a high level and beat them 56 to nothing, not 29 nothing and do not let them come back. And uh in a weird way, it's a painful loss right now, but in the totality of Deion Sanders' entire coaching career, I think this could be a helpful loss that he allows to be a motivating factor in the future for Colorado and wherever he may coach uh, beyond Colorado. I'm personally hoping he stays at Colorado for a really, really long time. Okay, um, I saw a clip of my favorite sportscaster. I say that sarcastically. I hate this guy. Um, I think he's bad for sports media generally. There's a great video of Stephen A. Smith, the ESPN broadcaster, literally saying on TV, Tua only throws two-yard passes to Tyreek Hill, and he's talking crap about Tua. Meanwhile, on screen, on the show, in the background, is Tua literally throwing a 50-yard bomb to Tyreek Hill. And you're like, what? And I want to just say for a minute, Stephen A. Smith is a really good troll. He's a great performer. I don't think he believes half of the stuff he says. I think he really just speaks out of his butt and says whatever to make people riled up and make people angry and then collects millions of dollars for it. And I get so discouraged when I think about Stephen A. Smith. Uh, Another one that bothers me is Logan Paul. Like people watch these like really, I would say Logan is worse than Stephen A. Smith. But when I see like people watching Stephen A. Smith and loving it and it, it makes me really realize I must be really out of touch with what sports fans like. Because I just don't – I don't. I would never give that my, my like an hour of my life. I don't understand people that watch Stephen A. Smith and watch First Take. I don't, I don't get it. I don't – it's theater. It's yelling. I want to watch people being coherent and thoughtful. And if you're going to have a conversation, have a conversation. But don't be screaming at each other. Have debate. Sure. But I thought the one time that First Take had a guy that – really wanted to have conversation with Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith got him fired. Like, it, it, it's crazy. But it's so clear to me. Stephen A. Smith doesn't want to have conversation, doesn't want to be challenged, doesn't want to have genuine, real conversation about sports. He wants to yell at people and have theater. And the fact that people watch him, it makes me like, I'm like, should I go? I just, I, I go like, what am I doing? Like, what? I'm clearly so off base. Like, the way I do my show and the way I carry myself could not be farther from what Stephen A. Smith does. I'm like, is that what people want? Because I, I don't want to do that ever. And I just, nah, it's, it's a, it irritates me. Uh, I want to end the show this way with a, a positive thing. Um, I, I ask you guys, what have you been doing recently to care for yourself, to make yourself happy and make this weird rock in the middle of space feel better for you? Um, I have been doing something. I, I've been really enjoying this candy called Raisinets, which... Uh, the humble chocolate-covered raisin. Never would have thought I'd be so excited about them, but they really hit the spot. Chocolate-covered raisins, raisinets. They've been outstanding. I do that. I get raisinets. I pour them all on my desk and just let them sit there, and I pick one at a time, and I hold my Xbox controller, and I've been playing, I've been playing recently the... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tomb Raider Definitive Edition, which is the re- it's the remaster or re-release of the Tomb Raider reboot when they first brought Tomb Raider back in kind of the Uncharted style. Man, that game is hitting so hard. I- I'm-, I'm trying to 100% it. I'm getting all the collectibles. I'm really taking my time running around. Combat's really fun. The story's interesting. And uh, that's something I've been doing recently to care for myself. Another thing, some vitamins. Um, I found a place here legally that sells them, which is crazy, but there are there's a type of vitamins that are so low level. How do I, I don't want to, I'm trying to be careful with my words to not get YouTube mad at me, but um, there's a, a type of Delta 
the number that means no in German that is like a low enough level you can buy them legally and then you you, you take one. It's enough for me. I go to the beach. I'm like, look at that sunset. It's the most amazing sunset of my entire life. Those are things I've been doing recently to care for myself. Raisinets, Tomb Raider, vitamins in the beach. I love that. And I want to encourage you, go do something today, tomorrow, this week to care for yourself. Whatever that looks like, do something for you. And if you want to comment, tell me the things you're doing recently to care for yourself. Let me know. Um, we all got to do that. I'm pretty bad at that, taking moments to relax, enjoy life, and kind of smell the roses. And so I want to encourage you guys out there, whatever your thing looks like, whether it's, you know, for me, it's Raisinets and Tomb Raider or going to the beach, but whatever you can do in your life to care for yourself, go do that. It's really good for you. And uh, it's been making my life a little better recently. Guys, I love you. I appreciate you. Tomorrow we got, gosh, I'm doing a lot of episodes tomorrow. I'm doing a lot of recording tomorrow. I'm recording two episodes. I'm doing the... Fantasy football episode, my myself recording. Then I'm recording a segment with Logan, uh, my friend who is, I played against him in fantasy football this week. I'll tell you how my team did tomorrow. I'm also recording another full episode of Strong Opinion Sports, doing a, a show where I comment on every single NFL team six weeks into the year, kind of comment on how they're doing, what's the main storyline for them. Um, yeah, it'll be a fun episode. A lot of stuff I got to work on tonight to kind of get ready for that. But I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in. Um, and if you want a good time, I, I can't say enough. Oh gosh. I just realized I didn't do any ad breaks at all. <laughs> this entire podcast. That's a problem. My bad. Uh, I'm going to have to go back and be like, forgot to record ad breaks. Here they are right now and play them. Um, but, uh, you know, not an ad, just, it looks fun. I want to go see that Taylor Swift concert in theaters. That looks awesome. I just, I, my favorite concert of all time, look up John Bellion Cove city on YouTube. You'll find John Bellion in a room at Cove City Records, just like with his friends, a sousaphone, like jamming out, having fun. I encourage you to go watch that. Oh, and by the way, yesterday, as I'm ending the show, I was walking through the mall here in Ala Moana, and uh, there was a band of eight tuba players playing like tuba music together. And it was like, so I'm like, I didn't know you could have an entire band of just tubas, but it was wild. It was fun. And uh, I don't know. I, send me, like, please, if you end up, I, what I want to see happen, which would be amazing, is if, like, eight really tough dudes, like, guys who do, like, HVAC or guys who played college football, like, I want to see, like, I don't want to see the guys who are, like, I want to see dudes who, how do I even put this properly? I, I feel like no matter what I say, I'm going to get in trouble. Uh, I want to see you guys take your guy friends and go to a Taylor Swift concert, basically. That would be, for, like, the price of a movie theater ticket, you can go watch it, and uh, it just looks fun, man. I get a little bit little bit in the sauce and uh some of the uh some vitamins or that's what magby calls them what do we call them here jazz cabbage some jazz cabbage taylor swift concert i don't know i, I never thought i could afford to go to a taylor swift concert looks like i can now which uh, makes me love taylor even more guys i love you i appreciate you hope you have a great day Woo! got a lot to talk about tomorrow um i leave you with, with that question though when's justin herbert gonna win like when is it gonna happen but waiting and waiting 27 and 27 Loses on Monday night. I don't know, man. Justin Herbert. Uh, I'm going to think about that for a while. When is Justin Herbert going to figure it out? And what do we? What does he got to do? Is it the team? Is it him? The players around him? I don't know. But I'm going to think about that all night probably. What's going on with Justin Herbert? Guys, I love you. Appreciate you. I hope you have a great day. And uh, ba-dum-bum, bam, we are done.